In this episode, we're going to discuss how you can get closer to your goals by focusing on the right things, not more things, and we'll cover does more make you happier, setting the right goals and having clarity, and getting closer to your goals. Welcome to the Ritu Show, helping solo real estate agents to simplify and get consistency without building a giant team or creating complicated marketing funnels. It's time to become a real estate team of one with Darin Persinger. When it comes to selling real estate, the common thinking is that you need to do more. You need to generate more leads. You need to sell more homes. You need to build a bigger team. But what if doing more actually moved you further away from your goals and your overall happiness? What if doing more actually moved you further away? What if you start thinking about getting closer to your goals or closer to your ideal outcomes instead of trying to generate more real estate leads and build a bigger real estate team? Does growth always mean more? I think this is a really important question that we should pause and reflect on and ask ourselves a little bit more often. Does growth always mean more? In this episode, we're going to discuss how you can get closer to your goals by focusing on the right things, not more things. And we'll cover does more make you happier, setting the right goals and having clarity and getting closer to your goals. Here's a question for you. Does more make you happier? Money can buy happiness, but you don't need as much as you think. According to a money.com article, there's a large analysis published in the journal Natural Human Behavior that used data from the Gallup World Poll, a survey of more than 1.7 million people from over 164 countries to put a price on the optimal emotional well-being. And it came out to between $60,000 and $75,000 per year. Now, that aligns with past research on the topic, which found that people are happiest when they make about $75,000 a year. I'm sure you've heard that idea, that case study, that research before. In fact, in the Seattle area, we had a business that said, hey, we're going to make our minimum wage 70, I think it was $70,000 a year. I don't know why they shortchanged everyone 5,000, but they said, we're gonna make this our minimum wage because we want our employees to be happy. So why are people the happiest when they're making $75,000 a year? If we believed Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's probably because our basic needs have been met, plus a good chunk of our psychological needs, are, and which involves our esteem and belonging to a group. So if you're familiar with the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, or if you've forgotten about it, go check it out. It starts at the very bottom. The base is our psychological needs, things like food, water, warmth, rest. And then it moves up to their safety needs, security and safety. So this is just our basic needs. What do we need to just survive? And then it goes into our psychological needs. The next level up is belonging and love needs. So intimate relationships, friends, then to esteem needs, feeling important, having accomplishments, prestige. And then it, the top level is self-fulfillment needs. So this is self-actualization, achieving one's full potential, including being creative and doing more than just surviving, like creating an impact then. 
But a new study from Purdue University found that a sweet spot for feeling positive emotions on a day-to-day basis, and that number is actually higher than $75,000 a year. The number that they came up with was $95,000 a year. $95,000 a year is ideal for life evaluation, which takes into account long-term goals, peer comparisons, and other macro-level metrics. The researchers also found that it may be possible to make too much money, and that could impact your happiness. So emotional well-being and life satisfaction declined after the $95,000 mark. They think that this might be because money past a certain point required, past a certain point of feeling daily comfort, of having enough money to buy things that was enough to make you happy and having enough money to save for the future, that it led then to an unhealthy social comparison and unfulfilling material pursuits. So at a certain level, I can have everything that I need. If I go beyond that and I have more money, then I'm definitely comparing myself to the Joneses. Oh, I I move into a new neighborhood, but they have the newest car. Okay, so I buy the newest car. Oh, but now that I have the car, I notice that my neighbor has a boat, so now I have to buy a boat. Everything just led to more and more, which led to more unhappiness. The more money you make, the nicer car you can buy, and the nicer car you can drive, and the more you notice the people around you actually have a nicer car than you. It's the higher up, the more you notice. The higher up, the more you notice. The more you notice people who have a bigger boat than you. They take fancier vacations. They have a nicer lake home. This article continues. Still, the findings don't mean that getting a huge raise won't lead to individual satisfaction. It simply suggests, according to the researchers, that a group of people making $200,000 a year is likely no happier than a group of people making $95,000 a year. The well-documented hedonic treadmill phenomenon, which also suggests that people adjust relatively quickly to their newly flush bank accounts, which happiness then levels back off over time. So getting more specific, the researchers go on to say that in North America, $105,000 was found to be the optimal amount for life evaluation. I would say you could take this even more micro. So they went worldwide, it's 95,000. North America, it's 105,000. In your area, in your marketplace, the metro city, the area that you live in, that number might be a little bit lower or could be much higher. It could be 150,000. It might be 185,000. If you're living in some place like Beverly Hills or Manhattan, that number might be half a million dollars. So it really depends on the environment that you find yourself in. So how do we set the right goals and have clarity? Is your goal more income? Is it a bigger real estate team? Is it to do more transactions or is it something else? Do you want more time? Time with family, time to exercise, time on a hobby, time to find a life partner, to start a family. The key to unlocking this is not about getting more done or achieving more, it's about doing less and doing the right things and getting closer to your goals. A few other things you could ask yourself to get clarity about your goals. What am I trying to do? And then clarify it as much as possible. What do I want? What am I okay with? What don't I want? The clearer our intentions are, whether they're conscious or unconscious, the better they'll be met. 
So take time for introspection and reflection in order to gain perspective on what matters most. If you don't know what you want, you'll be building something that makes you miserable. And then you'll resent it even when you do get it because the time it took is gone now. You'll never get that time back. So you have the accomplishment, you have the goal, you have more, but the thing you don't have is the time. So getting closer to your goals. How can you get closer to your goals? If you want to win, stop chasing more and define what a win really is. And then when you get the win, here's the secret, stop. When you get the win, stop. Points after a clock runs out don't count. That doesn't mean you should only focus on small goals or even just one goal. In fact, the opposite is true. You could set a series of objectives and then go after them as long as they align with your priorities and the strategy that you're willing to do. If you want to be more successful, stop chasing bigger goals and define what success looks like for you. Setting smaller but reachable milestones will help you get there quicker than setting huge goals that are too big for anyone without massive resources behind them to do it or even getting there at all. And this is one of the things that trips us up and takes us off track is so many of the success stories that we see are people who have huge resources behind them. And so we see them accomplishing huge goals but they also have huge resources. We need to look at being resourceful, not just how do I get huge amounts of resources so I can achieve these huge goals. Trying to set bigger goals and build a giant real estate team isn't always the answer, unless it is for you, unless that is the thing that you want. It can be hard to know how much is enough and what would make you happy. In order for that question to have an answer, it's important to set goals and focus on achieving them instead of just doing more and having more. In my premium coaching program for solo real estate agents, we believe getting closer by setting the right goals so you don't feel like you're spinning your wheels without any direction at all. But a good place to start is with betterleadsandappointments.com. Betterleadsandappointments.com. It's $9 a month for coaching. It's a great place for anyone to start. If you're just looking for better leads, a way to generate some more referrals, have some consistency in your business. If you're not looking to build a giant real estate team, Better Leads and Appointments is a great place to start. Thanks for listening to this episode of Real Estate Team of One. And here are three ways that I can help you right now. Make sure that wherever you're listening to the show that you're subscribed. And if you see a thumbs up button, give it a like. You can also watch and subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is different than this, darrenpersinger.com slash YouTube. And join $9 a month Better Leads Coaching, betterleadsandappointments.com.